every morning at five o'clock, Mama Pion starts her day making her world-famous marinara sauce from a recipe passed down from generation to generation, using only the freshest ingredients. And to make sure that her marinara sauce is just as delicious as it was seven generations ago, not a single jar of Mama Pion's marinara sauce leaves the premises until she has had a taste. That is why Mama Pion is 474 pounds. Her ankles are so swollen. Her blood pressure is off the charts. She has sleep apnea and type 2 diabetes. Her gallbladder hurts. Mama Pion's marinara sauce. Hurry up. You're listening to Questionable Material with Jack and Brian, a mostly improvised podcast produced in New York by Jack Helmuth and Brian Sack. QMPodcast.com Tech support. Hi, I'm having some uh, technical issues, God knows, and um, I could just use a ton of help. Yeah, well, sure. Uh, tell me, what, what brand uh, microwave do you have? Um, it's, a, it's a General Electric, 1,200-watt, uh, um, the, the slow burn. Oh, the slow burn model? Uh, do, you, do you have it in front of you? Can you? Would you be able to read me the serial number? Can, I can tell you where it is. Uh, well, I mean, I know, I, I'm pretty sure I know where it is. It's like literally sitting right in front of me. Yeah. But the serial number is not where you would expect it to be. Okay. Um, all right. Hold on. Seven A is an apple four, four, one, eight, nine Z is in zebra. What are you reading? I th- I'm pretty sure that was the serial number. There's, there's a number on the inside of the door. No, I'm telling you the serial number is not where you expect it to be. <laughs> okay. Well, you think it's, it's on that white label that, on the back, don't you? You think it's on the white label on the back? Yeah, that's, I took a picture of it with my camera. I read it back to you. Yeah, that that's, uh, that is not the serial number. I'm telling you, and I'm so tired of telling customers this, that's not the serial number. Just because it says S slash N and then has a bunch of numbers and letters, it, that doesn't mean anything. Okay, well, don't get mad at me. This is your well, company. You know, I, I go through this every single day. Every single day. I have to explain to someone the serial number is not where they expect it. It's not on the sticker that's on the back of their stupid appliance. It is in a different place. The G he and G E have, have created. Okay. We have a special system for serial numbers. So I need you to do a few things and I'm sorry. I'm getting angry. This is the 15th time today. Okay. And I'm very angry. I I got up at my apartment in Mumbai at four 30 in the morning (laughs) and I came into the call center and I'm dealing with 50 different just Americans who have no clue where the serial number is in our GE appliances. So do me a favor. You, I'm sorry. Okay, I sound geez. agitated. Well, I think you are agitated. I got 15 people in my apartment. Were those the 15 people who'd called earlier? No, but the 15 is just a common theme right now. Okay. I guess so. You have 15 people living with you in your apartment in Mumbai? Yeah. You know, it's, it's, a, it's family, you know, you got to, I have my wife, I have my in-laws, I have my parents, I have my, my kids, you know, it's, it just, it adds up. It adds up. My name is Charles, by wow. the way. 
Okay, Charles, you feel very American to me. Yeah, well, I've, I've talked to enough of them about their damn serial numbers to have, have really adopted the accent. Oh my gosh, so, so you're pure Indian. Yeah, I was born in Mumbai. My last no name is Bipinder. <laughs> so your name is Charles Bipinger. Bipinger. Okay, so, sorry, sorry. Okay, Charles. Um, I, are, are you, what's it like sort of living with that many family members all in one? How big is your apartment? That's a three bedroom. <laughs> okay. You don't get a lot of privacy. And, you know, one bedroom right. is the kitchen. All right. <laughs> And that, you know, that's my room. Okay. So if somebody decides they want to make themselves a little non in the morning, uh-huh. guess who gets woken up? Cause I'm sleeping next to the oven. That's right. Uh, me. You, they, well, they yeah. should use the my, GE slow burn. Oh, we can't afford that crap. You kidding me? <laughs> hey, kidding me? It cost me $79. Yeah. Well, there's a deal. You know, it's different. You know, you have no idea what I make in a day. All right. It's really frustrating. I don't know. Maybe you could sponsor my green card, but here, here's the thing. Can you do me a favor and go to your refrigerator and get an egg? Okay. Hold on. Okay. I got one. All right. Now put the egg inside your microwave. Uh, okay. You sure? Yeah. This is how you get the serial number. (laughs) Okay. Hold on. Okay. Okay. Put it on for two minutes on, on quick heat. Micro express button, two minutes. Just keep tapping it. Okay. Every time you tap it, it's 30 seconds. So how many times do you tap it there, American math boy? F- uh, between four and seven. Yeah, four, just four. That's two minutes. Okay, All right. sorry. I don't live in Mumbai. I don't know this stuff. Why, why are we not the superpower? Because power isn't, uh, isn't determined by spelling bee championships. Touche, sir. T-O-U-C-H-E. It's an accent. <laughs> All right. So we got two minutes to kill, apparently. Well, um, now a minute. Time goes faster in Mumbai. It's so much different well, in our culture. We're several hours ahead. I'm an American. I don't know how that stuff works. Yeah, we're about 10 hours ahead of you, depending on where you are in the States. Oh, so, you, so my egg is already cooked, and you know my social security number already, or whatever number. No, serial. <laughs> I wish I knew your social security number. Actually, my cousin's in that game. <laughs> you get any text messages uh, that are accidentally uh, wrong numbers? All the time. Yeah. And then uh, they say, oh, it must be fate that we uh, stumbled into one another. Can I have your information? You want to get into crypto? Uh, yeah, I lo- I've been trying to get into crypto. Yeah. Well, uh, that's my cousin. Uh, what's his What's his name? Charles. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. I seem to remember that a lot of Indians sort of have uh, the same name. You know, we, we go with names that make you people feel comfortable. Okay. Because <laughs> if I said my name is Bupinder. Right? Mm-hmm. What are you gonna? You're right. gonna be like, what, what? What is that? I've never been outside of Iowa. What, what are we talking about? Okay, so I'm Charles for you. Okay. Okay, your egg's done, right? <laughs> it exploded all in the inside, right? Oh God, Almighty! There you go. There's a huge mess yes, in here. Yes. Now read me the mess. Okay. Um, smelly, burning egg yolk. Mm-hmm. Shell chunk. Shell chunk. Mm-hmm. A little bit of last week's uh, uh, macaroni salad, mm-hmm. um, egg yolk, egg white shell. All right. Let me just check here. All right. Well, you're covered under warranty. I can see that. Okay, great. So what seems to be the problem with your GE microwave? Well, the first problem is there's egg all over it. Yeah, but that's not my concern. 
I'm sure you've got cleaning people to do uh, just menial tasks for you because you don't feel like it. Oh, they're great. It's uh, it's this Mexican couple, uh, Linda and Bob. Hi, Brian. Hello, Jack. What uh, What's new in the Brianverse? Oh, the Brianverse. Well, um, a lady I worked with in Poland uh, mm. uh, is a singer. She lives in Rotterdam, but she was oh. in New York the other night. She said, come see me at Rockwood Music Hall. Whoa. And I was like, yeah, we'll be there. Okay. And I, so we went to go see her show. I didn't realize that Rockwood Music Hall is maybe 20 feet by 18 feet. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've been there before, but it is a small venue. No, I have not. It's intimate. Okay. I like intimacy from what I remember. Yeah. And uh, so we saw, we saw her sing. She's very good. She's a very good singer. Um, okay. Uh, my wife was lucky. She got a stool. That's great. But it was, uh, it was a very good show. And then afterwards, uh, we went and had sushi. Omakase. Oh, okay. You know what that is? No, I'm an American. I like cheeseburgers. Well, you sit in Omakase, you sit at the sushi bar. It's very small restaurants and you sit at the bar. Sure. There's only a bar. There are no tables. And then they just continually give you these fish dish, sushi dishes. Probably not okay. up your alley. You're a, no, you're, it's a, not. you're a meat and potatoes guy. Big time. <laughs> so, you know, they come to you and like, okay, this will, this is sea bream uh, with a uh, little mochi foam and that kind of stuff. And it's really fun. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a, and it's kind of, you know, so it can be social people chatty. Is this going to be one of those moments where you just list a bunch of sushi items that we're going to have to edit out later? <laughs> I was, I was working up to it. Yeah. Then you realize we don't have time to edit this nonsense. That's right. We don't. We're on a tight <laughs> schedule today. We are. Let's go. Let's go. All right. So let's get right to the part where you're, uh, you're making love to this woman. So I'm making love to this woman. And there's my <laughs> wife saying like, wait a second. You said we were just going to see a concert. And I looked at her and I said, honey, I'm making music. Oh, see, that's different. With my meat whistle. <laughs> Speaking of small venues. Oh, that hurts. <laughs> it's something she never said. What? Um, so, uh, so how is making, uh, making sweet music with this lady? Oh, that's great. She's very talented. She's mm-hmm. got, I've got, oh, I've got, there's a fire. Oh yeah. I hear that. Yeah. I mean, it's not really a fire. It's probably a smoking toaster. Well, I hear the cheap ass uh, GE slow burners usually catch on fire, but one out of every three just catch on fire. Yeah. It's kind of like a lottery. <laughs> Especially if you're looking for the serial number. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Um, okay. So you are, you went to go see a rock show. That's a very New York thing to do. Yeah, it was very nice and voted. How'd that go? My, well, you know, I'm a little, little disappointed. The, okay, uh, yep. cause, uh, you know, there were so many, so, so many, uh, yard signs for Lee Zeldin. Yes. Who was running against uh, the, in, the incumbent governor, Kathy Hochul, who kind of stumbled into her That's job right. and who's really bad at it. Um, mm-hmm. and isn't really a smart person. Uh, and so I thought, okay, I'll give Zeldin a chance. I'm a, I'm an independent voter, I, but you know, I'll, I'll, I will, you know, vote for the person. I, and I just thought, okay, we're, we're done with Hochul. She's terrible. I'll give Zeldin a yep. shot. And they're, uh, clearly there are Republican 300 Zeldin. gazillion yelled Zeldin yard signs all over the place. Yeah. When you drive between here and upstate or Long Island, just Zeldin, Zeldin, Zeldin. Clearly people thought that just putting a yard sign in your yard that said Zeldin meant you were voting for him. Yeah, I, I well, yeah, that's that's what it's a giant um, uh, eight by fourteen ballot. 
Yeah, that's not the rules. Uh, these don't count as what? a vote. Yeah, so that's what happened. So it was very misleading because you would see a lot, you, you would see very few Hochul yard signs. Even, even in yards that had multiple Democratic candidate signs, Hochul was missing. Oh. And that to me wow. said, okay, she's, they, their own people, her own people don't like her, understandably, because she sucks. So I, I think the Zeldin guy is a good chance. Plus he has 450 gazillion yard signs out there. Well, those aren't votes, people. You had to actually go to the polls and vote. And oh no, yeah, it's a shame. It's a shame because now we got four years of this clown, and um, it's very disappointing. Very disappointing. Well, you know, the last time uh, uh, the last governor's election in New York in 2018, you said, "I can't believe we have four years of this clown, Andrew Cuomo." Right. And um, it turns out we didn't have four years of him. So you know what? You never know. You never know. Maybe she'll drum herself out. She'll accuse herself of sexual harassment <laughs> or just get railroaded by the, the attorney general who has uh, her own ambitions. Oh, my gosh. Could you imagine if Kathy Hochul accused herself of sexual harassment and then in believing all women – it would, like it would create a rip in the space-time continuum. She would probably implode. It would make her at least interesting. You know, so she's, <laughs> it would. so my, uh, my doctor, his uh, spouse worked with Hochul. Okay. And tells, okay. and tells me this, told a story that they were in a meeting and she asked why it was called Penn Station if it's not <laughs> in Pennsylvania. Uh, no, no. She, that's exactly what he told me. He's like, wow. Yeah, he's like, I'll tell you, she's not a smart lady. And so she didn't know why it was called Penn Station if it wasn't in Pennsylvania. Apparently not knowing that the uh, Mr. Penn was an incredibly famous uh, individual back in the day. Wow, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. Well, that, that reminds me of the, have you heard of the, the famous Craig Kilborn story from when he hosted The Daily Show? In the pre-John Stewart days, this is the oh, yeah, the that. Daily Show, the original Daily Show with, uh, it was with Craig Kilborn right. from like 96 to 2000. Yeah. Kilborn knew he wasn't all that bright yeah. and that the, the writers sort of um, thought that he was a, a big old dummy. Yeah. So they were at a, at a table read for the script for that day. And um, he gets to a thing about a story about the UN and, and Boutros, Boutros Ghali. And he says something about along the lines of, oh, OK, why are you guys making me say Boutros twice? Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> like as if they were trying to pull one over on him, like by right. repeating the word Boutros. Uh, getting back to this musician uh, mm. uh, adventure mm. and then voting and all that. So it sounds like you've had, you, you texted me saying like, Jack, I'm having the most New York week ever. And I was like, oh, Brian, I'm so happy to hear that. You know, you've been away you know, trying to help save the world and all that other dumb bullshit that you do yeah. um, that's not recording the podcast. And I'd love to sort of understand like what, what you mean by like a classic New York week. Like, can you tell us uh, some other sort of highlights of your week besides going to a rock and roll show at an extremely small venue? Yeah. I did the New York things. You know what I mean? Cause I know mm -hmm. at some point I'm going to leave the city. Yeah. Maybe the state, depending on how this governor <laughs> you know, destroys it. But you know, at some point yeah. I'm, I know we're going to leave the city and just kind of, you know, Move on. I, you don't want to get old yep. in New York City. It's no, not a don't. friendly place for old folks. It's not a good nursing no. home. No, it's not. <laughs> you see, the, when I see the old people here, and it's very New York, you'll see an old person kind of in front of you, and you'll just push them out of the way. Because, yeah, you know, I'm more mobile. I'm faster. I need to be someplace. They don't. They're retired, whatever. They're just going to go back to their apartment or whatever. But they're blocking me. They are. It's amazing they survived the Cuomo uh, regime in the first place. So I hats off to them. But but speed up. 
Uh, he made a lot of progress. He got rid of a lot of them. He just you know, said, oh, you got COVID. Why don't you go to the nursing home right now? That's right. And cough. <laughs> he gave it his best. Uh, well, I mean, well, New York things, Jack. Uh, yep. It's a big city. There's a lot to do here. Obviously, if you've never defecated in a doorway, that's something you're going to, you want to do before you leave the city. Uh, you had occasion to do that. Yeah. You, you need to go do nature calls. Yep. And, you know, and then, so you're looking around, you're looking, of course, we don't have a lot of public toilets yep. for obvious reasons. They wind up becoming drug dens and then they installed the fancy ones that you had to, you put money in um, and that it would like clean the seat and do all this magical stuff, except they weren't handicap accessible. So those got taken out. <laughs> and, uh, and so, you know, you need a doorway and, mm -hmm. you know, you, you, it's a skill. You got to look for the right kind of doorway. You want something that's kind of set back, at least give you privacy on three sides. Right. Um, it's, you know, ideal if the light in the doorway is, is broken or sure. there is no light, that's better. And of course, yep. you know, you need to be careful because the, these aren't clean. They aren't maintained like a, like a standard bathroom. Uh-huh. So the doorways you're talking about. Yeah. So you need to make sure, mm -hmm. you know, when you're, you know, you don't want to be stepping on other people's business. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I'll tell you, yeah. you know, people pick up after dogs, but they don't pick up after right. themselves. No, that's a good point. You know, I, I, I'm guilty. I don't leave the house with a, with a big thing of, of plastic bags just in case, mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> like I do with, with a dog, you would, right. You'd take the leash, yeah, of course. you get your little thing of plastic bags. You never, th humans just don't think about that, right? We're just too busy with our day-to-day -day lives. Too busy, too much to do. It's the, it's the big city. Yeah. So you drop your trousers, you, you leave a little package there. And then you're like, I, I, there's no way for me to get rid of this. Yeah. Plus it smells terrible because I had omakase sushi. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> sea bream. Right. That's right. That's absolutely right. Uh, okay. So, okay. That sounds great. So, all right. So you, you took your, your doorway dump. Um, and so you, you must've been like far from home, right? You must've been like, like, what were you on the, like on the East side, you live sort of on the West side. You must've been far away. I was actually downstairs <laughs> uh, in my building. And that's, you know, that is one of the reasons. Oh. Yeah, I know. I, I thought about it and I'm like, if, you know, it would have taken me two minutes to go back upstairs. Right. Yeah. Just, if that you're on the third floor. Yeah. Walk right back into the building, just go up the stairs. But instead, you know, there's the doorway. And, and you know, the downside of that is, you know, yeah, I'm protected on three sides, but a <laughs> uh, lot of, a lot of neighbors walking by and you know, you know, it's the morning. So they've got their dogs with them. The dogs are doing their business and there sure. I am doing mine. And you know, they, they come prepared. They have plastic bags. Right. So I had to ask Scott from 7D uh, if I could borrow one of his plastic bags. What did Scott say? Uh, get away from me, you freak. Okay. Okay. All right. That tracks. I believe this story. Yeah. I'm, well, I, you know, I came shuffling out of the doorway, pants around the ankles, just kind of with my hand out. I don't think he recognized me at first. He probably thought I was one of the city's many homeless, but uh -huh. um, he just kind of did his thing. It's very New York to not even make eye contact. Yeah. You see somebody approaching you with their pants around their ankles, their hand out, asking you for yep. money or a plastic bag, and you just don't even acknowledge them. You just kind of turn away and keep going. Did that the other day. Yeah, I bet. I bet you did. Guy comes, he came staggering out from, from an alleyway, something sticking out of his back, and you can see him reaching for me, you know, just yep. uh, pleading, hell, hell, hell. I'm like, yeah, hell, I, I don't like this religious stuff. Stay away from me. And I just kind of yep. stormed away.
It's probably a zealot. That's great. Maybe a Jehovah's Witness. That's great. Uh, any other, because uh, you said you had a, a real sort of New York week. You know, can you sort of describe like a, a sort of another one of your new, like classic New York adventures? The, the city gets accused of being rude, you know, people. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Uh, I walked into the, the the bank alcove there, you know, it was after hours, mm-hmm. late night. And there's a guy standing, he's, he's standing in front of the ATM and I walk in and I'm prepared to wait. And he turns and he looks at me and he says, after you. Oh. And I was just like, well, thank you very much. And I walked right up there and then dee, 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 and, and I got my money. And as I'm, as I'm leaving, uh, he puts a screwdriver in my face, <laughs> says, give it. Oh. And, I, and I realized he mugged me. So now I'm torn oh, because, you know, initially he was very pleasant. He let me go first. He could have easily just done his transaction and then let me wait. And he lets me yeah. go. And then, you know, then it costs me $200. Man. So are, are, it's possible, is he, this is one of those classic New York City uh, screwdriver salesmen? He didn't give it to me when I turned over my money. Okay. So my, uh, it was a very one-sided transaction. Sure. I was very disappointed. Okay. And so, and, and that was the, that was the end of your interactions with him? No. What? what? No. I, so I, you know, I left and I was flustered and I went home to my wife. And she's like, she's like, I need cash and we need, you know, we need cash for tomorrow. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. fine. So I go, I went back to the bank and <laughs> gentleman's in front of the ATM and you know, I'm prepared to wait. And he goes after you. And I walked right up and I used the ATM. I turn around and you're not going to believe what happened. I, I'm going to guess the screwdriver. Yeah, screwdriver bit. in my face. Yeah, I guessed right. So now I'm out $400. Same guy. And that's the thing. Yeah. I don't make eye contact. I don't let, and this is one of the problems. You don't look at people. Yeah, it's you and Scott and 7D who are doing this exactly. nonsense. So, I, you know, so there I am forking over another $200. And now, now I'm starting to get Oof. it. Man. Yeah. So I'm like, I've just, I've written off that bank. It's obviously dangerous. Yeah, no, it's definitely the bank's fault. Yeah. So now I go to the bodega. They have an ATM machine inside. That's right. Most bodegas do. It's a th- like a $4 fee, but at least you can get some money. Where's the $4 fee? Mine was $18.95. Oh, God almighty. <laughs> All right, great. Never mind. Go ahead. <laughs> so. It's $18.95 on every $20 withdrawn. It's a convenience fee. That's what it says in the receipt. Convenience fee. That's right. <laughs> uh, okay. So you go to the bodega to finally get some of your money. That's great. Yeah. And so I'm good. So you, now I got, so you got your money, no problem. Yeah. Now you can go out awesome. on the town. That's really, that's really great. Well, you know, it sounds like you had quite the New York week. Uh, Brian, I'm happy for you. And uh, thanks for catching us up on your life, buddy. Thanks, Jack. What are you up to? Um, uh, probably like launching into a new bit because we're running out of time. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I wanted to ask yes. you. I know you're, are you still like best friends with Oprah? Are you still like ahead of Gail? Like where are things standing with you guys? Yeah, we, we, we're still in touch. We, 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 okay. you know, we touch base every now and then. And every once in a while, if we have a little bit too much red wine, you know, things happen. <laughs> like, um, like, like what? You know, we'll, we'll do these long winded makeout sessions. We'll just make out for, for a long time. She's a very passionate woman. You don't get that from the show. You know, on the mm-hmm. show, she's just the person who gives you a car or something. 
or, or introduces sure. like Jenny McCarthy to the world so that she can spread uh, anti-vaccination theories to people. And, sure. and, and uh, you know, you don't see the side of her that's passionate and, and a very good kisser. She's a, you know, a lot of people call her magic tongue. <laughs> that's remarkable. It's just like hours of just deep, deep kissing, deep kissing. Yeah. And that uh, now you're both married. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Thank God for the prenuptial. Oh, yeah. I made it very clear in uh, our prenuptial that I get to make out with Oprah uh, mm -hmm. on those instances when it when it happens. Uh, and my wife uh, gets to have sex with Henry Cavill. <laughs> <laughs> and, but to be clear, if you were to make love with um, Superman, Henry Cavill, uh, your all your assets would be uh, seized by your wife. That was in the prenuptial. That was my wife's lawyer's addition. Uh, yep. Man, and it, you know, it, it came out that you know she was trying to to get him to get me to violate my part of the prenuptial. She has a, a really really good lawyer. How was he in bed? He took his time because you know lawyers are used to taking their time. They read things. <laughs> yeah, they, they charge by the hour. That's how they get yeah, their money. So he was very very slow. I mean, it was it was a almost a fourteen hour session. Um. It was it was long and, and involved and and uh, yeah he dragged it out Oof. as much as he could. That's got to be tough for a not gay person like you. Yeah, I know, and it, it was just you know. So I I'd, I'd say like oh my oh my god I'm 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 gonna have I'm gonna have an orgasm. He'd be like objection, and then he'd, <laughs> he'd stop me, and then you know we we just kind of talk, and he just kind of uh, he called it approaching the bar but it was really just he took his hands off and, and then we would uh, we would you know just discuss things and then you know then he'd start up again but yeah 14 hours Oof. now brian i'm glad you brought up <laughs> all this stuff with yeah. oprah you know i've i, I saw in the news uh, yesterday mm -hmm. that oprah's favorite thing she has once again released her popular list yeah of her favorite yeah. things. Um, do you still help her sort of like uh, curate yeah. that? Great. So I was wondering if you could tell us about some of these sort of uh, unique uh, things that uh, are some of Oprah's favorite things for this holiday season. Would, would you mind sort of walking us yeah. through that? Uh, sure. So first and foremost, uh, the food pyramid. <laughs> oh, that's a weird thing for her to be on her list. What, she tell just me. came strolling into the office and she said, Brian, I love this. This is my favorite thing. And she pointed to it. And I said, what part? Is it the grains? Is it the fruits? Is it that she's dairy? And she's like, no, the whole, whole thing. No kidding. Yeah. So she's, she's been angling for getting the food pyramid for Christmas. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. So ma old magic tongue Oprah wants, uh, wants to use that, uh, to consume all the food. Groups. Uh, clearly, uh, you know, it's just something she enjoys it. Uh, it, it brings her, it brings her happiness. You know, it's, and that's really what it comes down to. It's just, it's important for her to consume a large quantities of, of all the food groups. It's great. You know, don't limit yourself. That's you know, great. don't, am I going to guzzle two gallons of milk? Yeah, sure. But like, do I, I'd like to have some pasta, right? Mm -hmm. I'd like to have a bushel yeah. of tomatoes. I didn't yep. even know if they came in bushels. <laughs> Maybe that's just for apples. It know. doesn't matter. She's hungry. Wow. That's really yeah. crazy. There's some sort of like a, you know, a new toy that is, is sort of the, the hot toy of the season that is on a, uh, Oprah's list of favorite things. Would you mind telling us about this sort of new toy? This is the yes. market. Um, so it is 
It is a, a lifelike doll. And oh. it's called Henry the Accident Prone Boy Who Forms Scabs. Seems die sea lions so hot with the yeah. kids. So, uh, so Henry is basically it's it's he's two and a half feet tall, and he comes dressed up like a standard kid with a little pair of pants, jeans on, and a little shirt. Uh, but sure. when you throw him, whatever his skin breaks open, <laughs> and over time, you know you you let it heal and it forms a scab. Okay. And and then you kind of play, you know how it is fun to play with scabs, just kind of pick them up around the edges and kind of, of play around with them a little bit and tempt fate. Like, oh, do I want to go any further? Do I want to risk opening yeah. up this? So it gives kids a, a chance to kind of play with scabs and uh, and and learn lessons about what can injure you and and what kind what injuries look like when you when you do various things. He's he's basically set up to be like a you know like these Japanese sex dolls. These are very lifelike sex dolls. Yeah, I, I I know. What what's the fluid that's inside this doll? Uh, well, you know, uh, it's it's blood. It's cow blood. <laughs> right. So yeah, yeah that's all right. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah it's cow blood. Uh, so <laughs> so they made a partnership with um, uh, a bunch of slaughterhouses, and so they get the, you know a lot of that blood went to waste. It used to get washed down a drain. Oh, that's a shame. And Steve uh, Simonson, uh, who was the who created the Henry doll, uh, you know, he was in a slaughterhouse one time for his honeymoon, and he's looking there and he's watching the blood just kind of spiraling, going down the drain. He's thinking, like, what a waste! What can I do with that? How can I apply this? I want to use the whole cow. Yeah, you know, I, I hate the idea that this this piece of the cow is being wasted, and and that's where he came up with the idea for Henry, the the accident prone doll that forms scabs. I love entrepreneurship, yeah. Brian. It's the backbone of the American and, economy. And you know what? It doesn't happen anywhere else. It only happens in this country. That's right. We are the people who come up with the great ideas. I, I hope China sort of realizes their place when they sort of the see this. The problem with China is they steal it. The, China has Wow Feng who falls downstairs. But it's very similar to Henry. And and also in China, it's, an, it's a real boy. It's a real boy. They have so many. So, but like, you're not going to miss yeah. a couple. You have just tons and tons. And they're mostly, you know, they draw largely from the Uyghur community. Um, <laughs> and they, you know, they're, they're, you know, cause they have plans. They have grand plans to kind of clear out that part of China to make way for the home. Sure. Yeah. And, and the, the kids have cow blood too, oddly. Yeah. Uh, there's something going on there in the, in the food system. I don't know what's going on. It's a weird place. They have great asparagus though. What, uh, what is it about? What is it about this doll that it makes Oprah so excited? Well, it's affordable. <laughs> yeah. That's a real concern for her. Well, okay, no, she knows that she's got more money, uh, than most people combined, but she's thinking about the average person. Oh, nice. She looks at this and she sees a doll that uh, falls down, cuts itself, forms scabs for $480. And she thinks this is a bargain. And that's kind of a problem. You know, yeah. what she perceives as normal uh, is mm-hmm. is a challenge for the, for the rest of us. Sure. I asked her what she thought the price of a gallon of milk was. Oh, cool. Uh, and she thought it was $6,000. Yeah. God. 
So that's why when she saw Henry was 480, she thought that was a bargain. And she's like, this should be under every 50 foot Christmas tree uh, in every house in the United States. Of course, it's one twelfth a gallon of milk. She's skewed in that way. And we're working on that. Now, that's, it's interesting because she actually has a, a skew tattooed on her somewhere, doesn't she? Yeah. What, what, <laughs> where is that and what's the skew for? You know, this is one of those things that's, you know, she had asked, we had to, I had to sign a, a PPA. Uh, and, and so it's, you know. Wait, would you mind telling us real quick what a PPA is? Pre-penetration agreement. <laughs> And of course, you know, you, you sign that after you deal with a team of lawyers. It, it's, it's a buzzkill for sure. You know, because you, you, you're working things up, you know, you get, you're watching your Netflix, you're, you're doing your stuff, you're kind of you're working towards your goal. And then suddenly the lawyers come in the room, have you sign a PPA. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I can't tell you where her skew is. But I can tell you, it's not in anything you would see on TV. <laughs> I know on her on her list, uh, you know, we're, we're probably running out of time. <laughs> so maybe if you could just sort of give us one more highlight. Um, <laughs> uh, you said there is um, there is something that's you know is, is really going to be very helpful for couples. Um, that's going to really uh, bring a lot of couples together come the holiday season. Yeah. Would you mind telling us what yeah, that is? Absolutely. Uh, it, it's 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 funny because it's it's called the Oprah Coach. Oh, okay. And so it's just a it's like a drone, <laughs> but it's shaped like Oprah's head. <laughs> but it it can fly. It can go up to three hundred and fifty meters. Okay. Uh, a meter is a little more than a yard, so you do the math. Sure. Uh, and it, and the Oprah Coach can basically it, it, it provides you with uh, positive reinforcement, no matter what you're doing. Oh, oh, how lovely! Yeah. Say you're on the roof trying to fix the chimney or whatever for whatever reason, and your wife has an Oprah Coach. Uh, suddenly, Oprah's uh, disembodied head rises up <laughs> next to you and says, "You're doing great." With the chimney. Oh, you're such a good chimney fixer. I'm so proud of you. Oh my you. gosh. Yeah, it's uplifting. Yeah, literally. I mean, imagine a young kid, he's playing soccer. He knows his mom and dad are out in the audience watching it in the, in the stands. I guess soccer fields don't have audiences. I don't really do sports. And so he's out in the soccer field and he's running and he's doing his thing. And then suddenly Oprah's uh-huh. head comes flying down the field <laughs> from the offsides. And she just, oh, Timmy, oh, I'm so proud of you, Timmy. You're such a good soccer player. You know, it's, you can only think positive things from that, right? Of course, from the offsides, not even from the sidelines. It's from from the offsides. I'm trying to imagine, you know, so my son who's who's, who's taking flying lessons. um, Mm -hmm. And he's he's a young kid and he's learning how to fly a plane. And imagine he's, he's coming in for a landing. Yep, <laughs> and, and then suddenly, you know, uh, on the right, left side of the of the plane is Oprah's head, just looking into the cockpit, <laughs> saying, "Great job! You're doing a great job. Don't forget to to pull back a little bit as you come in. Pull back, flare up, flare up, flare up, flare up, flare up. You know? Oh my yeah. God! <laughs> so I I just think it's a great thing. You know, 
she had been accused of maybe being a little egotistical or whatever. Why does it have to be Oprah's head? Sure. Why couldn't it just be a generic thing? But I think a lot of us re- relate to Oprah, you know, showing up outside of our windows and our, you know, fifth story apartment buildings or whatever, just kind of encouraging us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. Well, there's brand recognition. Yeah. There's not a single person on this earth who doesn't know who Oprah Winfrey is. That's right. I'm glad you've, you've read that study as well. Brian, you know, thank you so much. It sounds like it's going to be a really happy holiday season for uh, for so many people. I am people gearing up for this. I'm so excited. Hey, and, and good luck with you and Oprah. I hope things uh, continue to go smoothly. Well, speaking of smooth. Um, yeah, she's a good she's a good girl. <laughs> she's got a good heart. She's got a good. Big heart, strong heart. I love her to bits. And the smallest bit is about 12 pounds. <laughs> You're so messed up. <laughs> Jack. Brian. Uh, listen, I have a friend named Brad. Oh, boy. Yep. He's a director. Yeah. And uh, Brad, you know, he, he sees you. He follows the podcast. And he, he keeps saying that you are just an undiscovered talent. Probably the most undiscovered talent in the entire United States, if not the world. He says that he, all the time. You know, he's not wrong. You know, in the past, he's, he's tried to get you uh, hooked up with Hollywood. He's trying to get you roles. Uh, he's actually working on a, a film. He's in pre-production for a film. They're still casting it. Ooh. And uh, he said, you know what? I think Jack would be fantastic for this role. Oh, this and, is great. Uh, you'd be playing a, uh, a bad guy. The leader of the bad guys. Oh, the le- so and it's the leader of the bad guys. The leader of the bad guys, and his name is Xander, and he's just a very bad man. And and uh, and Brad thought you would be great for that. Um, okay, so great. He's, he said, "Please have please have Jack audition for this, uh, and just you know, uh, we'll give him a chance." I just sent you the script through the email internets. Okay, and uh, he's you know, as you know, with Brad, he likes you to audition cold. He's a big into a cold audition. He wants to see the natural talent come through. Okay. Um, so you'd be playing a bad guy named Xander and, uh, uh, all, you know, you know, he just wants you to just get right into it. Okay. Um, I, I'm, I would prefer to have read it ahead of time, but uh, I've I got know. the script. I've opened it. Yeah. I've never read whatever is in front of me here. Okay. Uh, this is called who moved my cheese. All right. You ready to go? Yeah, I guess so. Stay in character. <sighs> no, no breaking character. That's the most important thing to Brad. Okay. Interior Xander's office. Xander, which would be played by you, stands behind his desk, waving a pistol at Benson. I'm sorry, Commander. Benson, I asked you to kill two lousy meddling teens, and you couldn't even do that? They escape, sir. It won't happen again. Xander shoots Benson, who falls. Indeed, it won't. Did you get that? Indeed, it won't. Because you're dead. Uh, Yes. I suppose I should have said that line before shooting you for dramatic effect. Like you say, it won't happen again. Then I say, indeed it won't. And then I shoot. Uh, You see that, that would have been the better way to do it. I wondered, does that fall under sarcasm or irony? Benson? Benson, son of a bitch. Xander sits and buzzes on his intercom. Alice, I need you, please. Alice enters. Yes, Mr. Xander? I need another henchman. Benson's all we've got. You're shitting me. Nope. Son of a bitch. Well, Benson's dead. Well, then you're out of luck, I'm afraid. You can't be serious. Well, you went through five henchmen last week alone. I mean, even Kellogg, who three weeks ago won New York Magazine's Best Henchman 2020. Editors pick or readers? Both. Oh, good for him. Why'd I kill him? 
Uh, he suggested you stop killing henchmen for trivial reasons. That sounds, that sounds mutinous. Well, he said you'd run out of henchmen one day. That sounds prophetic. <sighs> Nuts. Uh, what about Mr. Uh, Bunratty, the classy, <laughs> the classy English assassin? You shot him. Crap! What about the guy who was so mean? He once shot a man for snoring? You keep bringing him up, but that's from a TV ad for Time Life's Legends of the Old West. It's not an option. <sighs> Do we have any resumes on file? Not a one. The problem is word got out. Pays well, but you'll be killed. So no resumes are coming in. Son of a bitch. What, what about campus job fairs? We trigger protests because we lack a diversity policy. <sighs> Those turds. Okay, we hired a transvestite, remember? You shot him for dressing like a woman. I don't like when transvestites do that. It's weird. All right. Well, what about temp agencies? We've been blacklisted ever since you set fire to Kenny from Ameritemps. He was asking too many questions. It was his first day on the job. Oh, well, what about the union? Uh, henchmen and electricians, local 52? Uh, killing them violates union rules. Ugh, man, I really need to kill these meddling teens. Well, you could do it yourself. You're clearly good at killing things. Killing meddling teens is hench work. I'm a CEO, Alice. Well, Mr. CEO, it's 5.30. I'll see you tomorrow. He looks over the desk at Benson's body. Cleaning crew comes tonight, right? They stopped coming after you shot them for using too much pledge. I don't like the smell. <laughs> That's a really mm. weird scene. Yeah. It's uh, uh, hyper-violent and, uh, I don't know, damn. Violent, scary characters are, it would be fun to play, right? But you're not going to be playing this one, I guess, because no, no, you, I, didn't, I you so. didn't give Brad the perfect audition you want. I'm sending you another one, though. Okay. Uh, so you have another chance for this one. This is called The Feds. The Feds. Okay. I, this, this sounds fun. I, I, I would like to get this role. Yeah. It's about working, I guess, in, in, for, in a federal office. Okay. The uh, DEA. All right. I would like to change, turn my life around. So I, I'm, I'm ready. Let's do this. All right. You'd be playing uh, the role of Barnaby. Okay. All right. It'd be like, she's one of the, the, the DEA upper staff. Hmm. Okay. Okay. So interior DEA office. Did you get the script by the way? I did. I've never read it before. Okay. Uh, Wilkes, uh, who's me, uh, comes in and addresses Barnaby. Uh, hello. Hello. Wilkes, we here at the drug enforcement agency are privileged to have you aboard. Welcome. Thanks. Thank you. I'm thrilled. Uh, as are we, we'll do great things together. I'm sure. I'd say a little toke is in order. <laughs> Barnaby starts rifling through his desk. Toke? Weed, my good boy. Weed. Mary Jane, bud. You smoke dope, right, Agent Wilkes? Well, no, actually. Oh, that's fine. I prefer heroin, heroin myself. Just give me a clean needle and a cool breeze. Well, teach their own. Agent Madison prefers coke, but we have a lot of weed from a big Jamaican bust. Operation Restock. I, I, I don't know what to say. I, I, I didn't expect this. And I, honestly, I'm kind of shocked. Ha! Just kidding. I do that to all the newbies, you know. Gets them all riled up. Joke's on you. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, I'll be. That, that really got me. No drugs here. Not at the DEA. Oh, wow, that's funny. You really, really got me. <laughs> but I will need you. To, <laughs> but I will need to see your penis. Ah, <laughs> oh, darn. Mm. That, was just, that was just weird. That was a weird job requirement at the end. Every business is different. I've learned that over the years. It is. I've found that every time I've been asked to do that, I've gotten the job. I think I'm, I'm you know, 10 for 10. 
that's great. That's really, that's really great. Uh, but you didn't get that one, but you know, we, you know, good luck comes in threes sometimes and we have a third script. That's great. Uh, this one is Brad's doing it for uh, Netflix. Okay. It's a, it's a world war two piece. It's called night at the bunker. Hmm. You know, I, and, I prefer uh, to have like a, a big silver for my, my movie debut. I'd rather it be on like a big screen, but whatever, that's fine. Um, well, in this case, you know, beggars can't be choosers. And when it comes to Hollywood roles, uh, you are a beggar. I suppose. So uh, this one, you know, you, he's, he's, he's have you playing the role of uh, Heinrich. who's a Gunther Heinrich, who's a German. He's an SS guy. Right? I'm going to read along. At my, I'm just going to be reading Hans Martin. And, it, and it's set in a bunker. Now, are you, did you get the script? I did. I've opened it. it. I've never read it. Got it. Okay. Interior, Hitler's bunker. SS officers Gunther Heinrich, which would be you, and Hans Martin are seated in chairs outside of Hitler's chambers. Occasional explosions can be heard in the distance. Well, I'm going out for a schnapps and a schnitzel. Anything else that starts with a sh? Want anything? Are you insane, Heinrich? There are Soviets all over Berlin. Can't you hear? It sounds festive to me. No, the city is teeming with half-crazed, semi-literate Soviet soldiers out for blood. Oh my goodness, whatever for? We killed 20 million of them. Well, that's a very big number. I know. Well, Hayat Hitler said some panzer divisions are inbound, so no worries. Yeah, well, that was all in his fertile imagination. No panzers are coming. We're on our own. But Heil Hitler said... It's just Hitler. Just Heil Hitler's defending us? No, not even. He's deranged, Heinrich. We've been following a madman for years. Shucks! I'll go tell the Russians they win and that we're mighty sorry. They'll skin you alive and hang you. You're naive. Believing in humanity isn't naive, Martin. Yeah, I will tell that to the folks at Auschwitz. The amusement park? It's a death camp, you idiot. Well... Look me in the eye and tell me they don't have a roller coaster. They do not have a roller coaster. Uh, uh, and I kept telling people to go there. Oi, what a schmuck. That's a story. For <laughs> That's a story for the synagogue. <laughs> Martin stares. Know what? I'll talk to the Russians. <laughs> you get out of here and go reunite with your family. I don't know where to look for them. Well, try Auschwitz. I kept telling them about the great roller coasters. Oh, my God. From Hitler's chamber, we hear a loud bang. Sounds like Heil Hitler opened some champagne for his lovely new bride. And another bang. Two bottles, big night. <laughs> what? Oh, my gosh. That's an exceptionally horrible and strange uh, sequence. I can't even wrap my brain around what just happened. Yeah, I well, you don't have to worry about it. You don't have to memorize anything or you know, that that role is going to someone else. Someone else is playing Gunther Heinrich. Man, that's a very naive German Jew, apparently. Apparently in the SS. <laughs> I don't know how that works, but you know it happens. I I guess sometimes you gotta <laughs> sometimes you gotta fill quotas. Diversity is important. Yeah, the, the German diversion, diversity trainers, uh, whatever they are, German diversity and equity uh, and inclusion officers were very strict. Yeah, and their inhuman resources department was just phenomenal. That's the best there ever was. Probably in the, in the yeah, in all of history. It really was. 
Well, damn, Brian, I, I've let you down and I'm sorry. Uh, you know, I know Brad is your friend and it's, I've, I hope this doesn't reflect poorly on you. No, no, he's, he likes to give you chances. He knows at some point you'll come through. Ah, thanks. I, I sure hope so, buddy. Well, that uh, brings us to a close of another epic episode of Questionable Material. Uh, are we going to do this again next week? I think so. Although there, right. there is a hurricane coming to Florida. Oh, God. Stay where you are. Review us and all that. And don't do anything stupid, Brian, like helping people. That was Questionable Material with Jack and Brian. Subscribe on any podcast platform. Watch our clips on YouTube. Visit us at qmpodcast.com. 